Merry Christmas. This is the Scum and Sneak fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, it is Christmas week, round two of the playoffs. What a conglomeration of things. Ho, ho, ho. That is correct, my friend. Christmas week, Santa's on his way. Uh, the cookies are baking. The ham is curing. We're uh, we're ready. Uh, playoffs are upon us. People are excited, sad, disappointed, mad, confused. But and that's why we're here, Scum and Sneak Show, to bring it all to the forefront and to either ruin or enhance your Christmas week. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what our normal tagline is. With all that stuff you just said, that's us. That's what we do. <laughs> that's how we do it yeah well you know for the sake of time around christmas season i know a bunch of people probably have eos today on thursday when we release so won't be too long we'll do a little review of round one of the playoffs we'll look ahead to round two but as always we start with a nonsense minute Mm -hmm. question Mm -hmm. that's what it's called sneak yes christmas week We're going to switch things up. You have a nonsense minute question for me this week? I do. I do. I've been thinking about this, and I obviously I don't remember what our Christmas nonsense minute question from last year was, but Scum, what was your all-time favorite Christmas gift that you got growing up? Mm. Good question. I'll give you a couple answers. The first one that I remember loving and just like opening and getting right into it, using it right away, is actually Toy Story 1 on VHS. Open that puppy up on Christmas Eve because that was my family's tradition. Plugged it or, you know, started it, watched it about three times, fell asleep watching it, <laughs> and just just ate up Toy Story that first time. I, I hadn't seen it in theaters or anything, so I was just hooked that Christmas, like, what, 90. 6 97 i think that's when it came out something like just that just a triple rewatch christmas eve of toy story just little jude freaking scum just sitting in front of the tv just in awe of these toys that are alive i couldn't believe it was disappointed too that my guys weren't coming alive dummy <laughs> you were so, while you're watching you kept like peeking around the corner in your like toy area and we're like uh why aren't my guys doing all of this stuff <laughs> honestly all and right the one that, another one that just i mean like i think everyone's one of their first game consoles or, or whatever so I, my ps2 was uh was big time around the age of 11 12 something like that okay had uh had to play that all night and i've had a playstation ever since somehow so i guess i don't know it started something in me what was the, what game did you get with it? Do you remember? Yeah, well, so it was dumb. I got the, <laughs> it came with the with the console. It was that old ATV racing game. I don't know. You might have played it. You might remember that type. Those of stuff. types of games always came with the systems. It was always some random racing game yep. or something. And you're like, this is like fun, I guess. But like, I want freaking like, whatever. mom, we're going to the store tomorrow. I'm getting better games, but yeah. Did, did my little ATV thing. And then uh, another one that I liked was uh, the year I got Christmas socks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
And that's, that's probably been every year since you were like 18, just getting a good pair of socks, underwears, just, uh, that's a classic Christmas. That's what you need though. Yeah. It's like set me up with new socks and undies for the rest of the year. And then we'll do this dance again next year. All right. What's yours? Hit me with yours. So my all time favorite Christmas gift I ever got was the GI Joe fort. Mm. So I was a, I was a huge action figure GI Joe, uh, type of kid. Like I just had, I had like all the Ninja Turtles, GI Joe, Star Wars action figures, superhero action figures. I was, I was big into like the, 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 the action figure guys and all their accoutrements that you could ever, ever imagine all their vehicles and forts and this and that. But I specifically remember the GI Joe fort because I had, I had tens and tens and tens of GI Joes, just like probably like 50 guys. And I got the GI Joe fort and it was just multi-level and it had all these things that you could flip around and turn around and transform this and that and all these different rooms and levels and all this kind of stuff. I remember I just, I lost my mind when I got that thing. I was like, no way. And I just, I played with it and played with it and played with it until it was probably just destroyed. And that was my all time favorite gift. I just was, oh my gosh, just the greatest, greatest gift ever. I love that story. That's like the ultimate thing when you're a kid and you get that huge toy, you know, it's like the biggest box. The huge box. And it was like, I remember it was like hidden, like we were done opening that morning or whatever. And my dad was like, hey, Jake, go and do this and that. And I went and opened like a, a, a closet or something. And there was another huge present waiting for me. And it was, and it was the GI Joe fort, man. It was just the ultimate, ultimate toy that I remember back. I don't know how old I was probably like, freaking like seven or something you know oh my gosh so oh let's see man yeah obviously i think when i got to like the 64 the n64 that was super super fun uh shoot what else cool stuff when i was growing up i was big into lego so i was getting some big huge lego set that i could just have to build like all day long uh man this is kind of Making me want to be a kid again, no? Bringing us back. Oh, yeah, I remember getting, like, um, Nerf guns added to my collection. I was always stoked. Oh, yeah. I was always some new Nerf gun to add to the stock. Uh, I think I got, like, one of those, like, uh, basketball hoops you put water in or, yep. put, like, sand uh-huh. or whatever to yep. put in front of the house or in the backyard or whatever. Like, that. definitely got one of those. Oh, man. What well, to be a kid again. Now we're just old and Christmas is just, like, money and like clothes maybe or just no gifts ever <laughs> just clothes that's all i look for <laughs> now i'm like now i gotta step up my game for my daughters oh gotta get them that gi joe experience bro i even remember getting clothes and like i remember did you ever get jerseys yeah for when first Christmas? what was like, your first I remember opening up like a, i got i think i got a randy moss jersey on the vikings one year bro right? my first jersey was randy moss on the vikings. <laughs> <laughs> yes dude i remember i wore that all day on christmas i remember because they had that show the jersey oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so i was like i'm gonna put this randy moss jersey on i'm gonna get jersey powers i'm gonna be randy moss <laughs> <laughs> where's where's the street football game i'm coming up 
Oh, dude, yeah, getting jerseys was amazing because you just, you know, back then we were freaking football fanatics and even back in the day and just getting that next jersey, we just thought we just were the, the coolest kids around. All right, we got a little bit of time because we don't really have another topic besides playoffs. So what's a jersey that you always wanted but never got? Because I got mine. I'll, I remember it forever. Like, I asked for it. I never got it. And, like, up until he had his little scandal, I was, like, still disappointed. But I wanted a Mike Vick black Falcons jersey so bad. Oh, my gosh, dude. That was, like, that's a that's a jersey right there. That's a cool, cool jersey that would just – you would just flaunt that sucker like no. Black, the seven. Oh, it was so good. Man, never what got jersey it. that I never got that I wanted. Honestly, dude, I think I might have gotten all the jerseys that I ever wanted. Nice. Oh. Um, I had a I had a Randy Moss jersey. I had a Brett Favre jersey. Uh, I I don't know uh, what else did I have. I had a I don't, for some reason I had a Charles Woodson jersey on the Raiders. <laughs> that one's super fun though. That's like a that's like a cool guy, Mike. That's like in the in the realm of a Vic jersey uh who else did i have oh i think i had i think i had a terrell davis broncos jersey it's kind of cool like around the super bowl i'm sure yeah just like uh i had a freaking i had a shannon sharp ravens jersey (laughs) (laughs) like why i don't know probably because i thought i liked shannon sharp and i don't know i must not have liked it when he was on the broncos (laughs) i don't know but my 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 Moss and my Favre jersey just were worn to bits. Like yeah. those were the ones I wore forever. And it, at one point, the Favre jersey was just like a green shirt. <laughs> was your was it the purple jersey for your Randy Moss one? Yeah, same. Oh, obviously, that's so great. Oh man, what a, this is fun. Uh, yeah. So anyone who's listening out there, all of our all of our listeners, let us know what your favorite toys were growing up that you got your favorite Christmas gifts uh, as young boys and girls out there uh, talk about your jerseys let us know what jerseys you wore I know we all I know y'all were wearing football jerseys left and right you had to be but there's for for this league it was probably all dumb Cowboys jerseys honestly yeah probably everyone do you have a, any jerseys still I've got the ones that I have I have signed jerseys now people i don't wear them but i got keenan allen obviously mm-hmm. love that guy and the patron saint of the scum and Shanique show johnny smith oh that's right i remember when johnny sent us that jersey oh it was great great times he sent it with a little note but you know that was just for us we're not going to read it on, on air all right man i'm honestly thinking let's see gooch has got to currently have a niners jersey and obviously had like a steve young jersey growing up yeah for sure matt um uh, I think he's got a Dak and a Romo jersey. He probably had like a, maybe he had an Aikman or a Emmett Smith or do you think he had an Irving or what Cowboys jersey do you think Matt had growing up? Roger Stoddard. Oh, Sean Lee. That <laughs> <laughs> <Dat> win. <laughs> he wishes he had that win. He wishes. Well, I almost got that win to go to his, uh, what was it? Bachelor party. Um, let's see. Brandon for sure would have had Michael Irvin. He's like, he would have thought Michael Irvin was cool. Do yeah. nothing commish. Uh, who else we got in here? Uh, da, 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 
Jesse, do you think Jesse's got a Bucks jersey? He's probably got like a work done jersey. Yeah. All star jersey. Hopefully he wears his all star jersey with a big old neck brace. Yeah. Uh, who else? Ern, do you think Ernie's got a Calvin Johnson jersey or? If he has a Barry Sanders, Sanders. That, that's legit. He's got to have a Barry Sanders. Uh, who else? Who else are we talking here? Doug's uh, got. That has got a Ravens jersey, I know. It might be Ray Lewis. Okay. He, he's got to have a Dolphin jersey. I don't know who he would have, though. Jason Taylor? Yeah. Jason Taylor, maybe. Uh, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. Uh, yeah, who would he have? Who is the – does he have a Dan Marino jersey? <laughs> I doubt it. Doug wouldn't like Dan Marino. He'd have a Cleo Lemon jersey over Dan Marino. Or uh, well, who is their linebacker? Zach Thomas, was that his name? I think so. Oh, he he probably has a Culpepper Dolphins jersey, actually. Oh, my gosh, for sure. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? What is Jimbo? Jimbo's got to probably have, like, a Cowboys jersey. From- Jimbo's probably got, like, a signed Jimbo. Emmett Smith jersey. He's probably got, like, a Cowboys jersey. He's got probably got what's a Drew Pearson jersey. <laughs> he was on the Cowboys, right? I think so. He was, like, their, their guy back in, the like, the, the 50s because, you know, Jimbo's old. Yeah. Uh, who else could are we? Ben, Ben's about? got Russell Wilson, right? Like, obviously, Ben's got to have a Russell Wilson. Uh, do you think he's got a who was their receiver? Largent, Steve Largent, <laughs> <laughs> or a Sean Alexander? Not even TJ, who's your mama? What about uh, I think he's got an man. I always wanted, you know, back, you know, maybe like. No, and I'm, I was trying to think who would who would he have? Do you think Sean? I was on, he's probably got a Russell Wilson. That's it. Do you think Ben was a child Seahawks fan back? He might have like a Hasselback jersey from the Super Bowl run. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, who else are we forgetting here? Oh, Wade. Think Wade's got a Cowboys jersey. He's got to right. Jeez, you're right. Everyone in this freaking league is a Cowboys. No, it's all Cowboys. Uh, who else are we missing here? Wait, I think that covers everybody. That, it? that everybody in the league. If we forgot you, you're probably not listening. So I guess we'll never know. Oh, freaking Tyler! <laughs> he never listens anymore. He's probably got a Cowboys jersey. He's got to. All right, moving on. There's, we what we've determined here is that Cowboys. <laughs> just, just Cowboys. Just Cowboys. All right, let's recap last week's playoff. What, what were they called? The quarters? The quarterfinals. So we had Matt versus Wade. We had predicted that Matt would win uh, that matchup, but looks like Wade held on off the back of a huge game of Tyreek Hill. And really, I think that is the, the difference here. I mean, the, the final margin was 24 points. Yeah. And, you know, everywhere else is, like, kind of evening out. So that, that Tyreek 31 spot really just made the difference against, like, Deontay Johnson, who had eight points, almost nine. And then uh, Wade also got boosted by Dalton Schultz catching that touchdown. Uh, 19 points, and then Jared Cook for Matt only got six. So that's really where, like, the matchup swung. Everywhere else was pretty even, or, or Matt had an advantage. But yeah. Wade 
held on is, and is into the semis for the first time ever. Ever, for sure. Yeah, I know we uh, had high hopes for, for Matt to win this matchup. I did not ex- – I honestly, for some reason, I didn't expect Tyreek to go off for 30. If he would have got his projection, this matchup would have been a lot closer. And then Matt only getting seven from Ramondre Stevenson on that whatever it was, Sat was that Saturday? Yeah, Saturday game, yep. Just kind of getting a dud there was another – in my opinion. Yeah, that one that one was a big disappointment with, with no Damian Harris, but yeah. I mean, I guess a, a decent Colts matchup. I mean, they haven't been like great, great, but and I again, Sony Michelle with almost eight, 17 and a half points on yesterday's game, you know, 92 yards and then another 20 something through the air. I wasn't expecting that either. So uh yeah, well, that's how it goes. You know, Wade's been been in first place been doing good and he won his matchup he didn't falter where when we all thought at least myself thought he was going to uh, I thought Matt was going to pull it out but that's the playoffs if you don't get you get something like you know a Ramondre Stevenson with Damian Harris out thinking okay this is he's going to get a ton of work ton of yards you know he's going to start he's going to step me up nicely to start off this week you know on a Saturday game and little things like that just you can't survive the playoffs and Matt does not survive to move on. Wade does get on your Wade, keeping it up, uh, moving into the semis. Uh, and we'll see if this is Wade's year, you know, never been in the, the playoffs before. And all of a sudden he's making a run for the championship. Yeah. He's got some reinforcements potentially coming too, with Elijah Mitchell, maybe back for the Thursday night game. Uh, before we look ahead too much though, I wanted to talk about the moves that both Matt and Wade made before the trade deadline. For this playoff run, uh, both fueled by Brandon. Do nothing, Commish. So looking at those players, uh, where like Wade, for example, had traded for Nick Chubb, who had a good game uh, for the first time in a while 90 yards, touchdown, a uh, bunch of carries. So that adds up to 22 points. Matt made a bigger swing for Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. And he would have hoped, and I think we would have thought that they were more likely to be in that 19 to 20 point range and maybe even blow up for like close to 30, like a Tyreek did. Yeah. But both had decent games, both caught a touchdown the past week, but it was only on, you know, less than 50 yards each handful of reception. So fine, decent games, but not what Matt traded a a big package for. Correct. Decent games for really any receiver out there, but for giving up what he, you know, giving up the picks, making the move, the run with Devontae and Diggs, names alone, you're thinking, okay, these are 20-point receivers, and they are a lot of times. Just unfortunately, you can't have those types of games in a playoff, 14 and 12. Like you said, if you're getting more into that, like 19, 20, 21, for each of them, again, this matchup looks differently. But that's that's how it goes. I mean, that, and then, you, yeah, like the trade, yeah, Chubb, with a good game after a while, you know, getting his carries, getting his yardage, getting his touchdown, uh, you know, Chubb scored almost as much as both those guys combined, you know, they combined, they both get like 26, it's only five off of what Chubb got himself. Mm. So those are big swingers in matchups like this, especially in the playoffs when everything's just under a microscope, you know, both quarterbacks basically score the same. Uh, you can take the running backs pretty much towards the same. 
you know, and Wade got a horrible game for all intents and purposes from Corderell, who's been having a great, right. Great year so far. But then he gets 18, like you said, from Schultz, 17 from Shell. You know, Matt only gets, you know, not to say defenses are scoring a ton of points these days, but only four from a defense. It just just wasn't in the cards. And then and before we move off this matchup, you know, kind of watching, you know, you on a buy and then me just kind of, you know, out of it, obviously watching how these playoffs are shaking out. I kind of just, as I was watching the matchup shake, even though there was like percentages shifting both sides between them, I never really thought Matt was going to be able to overcome. I was kind of watching it. And then last night when Antonio scored that early touchdown, I was like, I still just don't see, I just kind of never really felt confident watching the matchup that Matt was going to be able to overcome the deficits. And, and he didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was so big after that Thursday night game with the huge Tyreek game, like we talked about uh, Clyde only had 10 points, but those two, you know, Wade's up to what 40 points right away. And then Matt in the same game only got five out of Cook. And then Herbert had a good game, almost had 30, but we knew Josh Allen would be close to that, which he was. So that wasn't really anything, you know, that was standing out as a real huge feather in Matt's cap. Um, so just after the, the duds that Matt had Thursday and Saturday, we came to Sunday and it just, I agree with you. It didn't seem like it was, going to happen despite you know having some players left coming up on the Monday and Tuesday slates and that was kind of Matt's thing all year I know he was looking for tight ends throughout the year trying to make trades trying to figure out how to upgrade that position on his team because he knew Cook had the ability to have a big game but it's like he's you know all all cards got to be aces for that to happen and unfortunately he ran into one of those dead games you know, in that tight end position. So, and he knew that's where he needed to, to upgrade his, his, that's why when he wasn't able to get the tight end, I think, you know, if I were to crawl into his head, he's like, okay, go get Devontae, go get Diggs. That'll make up for us 99 out of a hundred times. But just unfortunately he hit that one day where it's like good, but not great. Yeah. That's just how it goes sometimes. So let's kind of review Matt's season. Now we'll do a, little in memoriam after successfully jinxing him last week uh, for him to lose. So coming off of uh, a runner up spot last year, kept most of the same guys right until the end. Like we said, we talked about the trade already going forward. Is Matt still top six, top four contention in the next year? Would you say? 100%. He's definitely in my mind, a top four. He's got a great team, a great future team assets none of them in my opinion are at the tail end of their careers none of them are old and you're worried about that Devonte Diggs Deontay Johnson Antonia uh, he's got the Patriots backfield Robinson I mean I think he is stacked uh, from top to bottom maybe try to find an upgrade at the tight end position or just hope that he can you know roll with what he's got but he's got a great great team plenty of assets if he wants to upgrade you know he's got got a lot of bench players a lot of young receivers that he can work with and options there that players are going to either sign, move on from their team, such as like the likes of an Allen Robinson. So yeah, I think he's in a great position going forward, uh, coming off, like you said, the runner up getting into the quarters and next year, he's just going to be right there as a top contender starting the year. All right. So let's move on to the other quarterfinal matchup, which was Hesse 
versus Ben. And we predicted this one correct. We, we thought Hesse would win, but it was, uh, it was a little closer than, than the other matchup. And it really came down to the quarterbacks. Tyler Huntley filling in for Lamar Jackson. Huge game. Unbelievable game. Four total touchdowns, uh, 73 rushing yards, all leads to 43 points at the quarterback spot. And then Tom Brady, who's been one of the mainstays for Ben all year, complete dud, lost a couple of receivers in the game, which we will get into, but only puts up five points in the first round of the playoffs. And that's what did Ben in. 100% hit it right on the nose. I don't know what else I can add to that. Tyler Huntley with a 43 and Brady with five. That's a huge 38-point swing right there. You know, he got what he got from Taylor. He was going to get from Taylor all along. He got what he's been getting from Cup all year long. Uh, and then everyone else just kind of his normal output. Uh, but Jesse Hesse, the uh, Hawaiian Volcano, Looks like his running backs did what they, you know, did what they were going to do. 19 from Elliott, 17 from Cook is nice. 34 from Mark Andrews, his stack with Huntley slash Lamar Jackson slash Mark Andrews slash everyone on the Ravens, you know, did enough for him to get through. And this is where we're at. We, we called it. We called Hesse to make this win. Uh, he's been, he's been finishing out the year strong. Uh, and I think, wait, where were my hopes and dopes last week? Was it Elliot and Brady? The, yeah, I think so. So I think I called that pretty stinking accurately. Elliot with close to almost 20 and Brady with five. And then, yeah, like what is the final score differential here? Ben loses by 20. Yeah, like 16. Yeah. I mean, that was, like you said, that's the quarterbacks, the quarterback matchup. And Ben even made a comment in in the chat, uh, you know, out in the universe, unbelievable that he gets Brady's worst game in the playoffs. And it truly, that is, it's unbelievable that stuff like that happens. Brady has been crushing it all year long. And then Ben's first round of playoff matchup, he loses, Brady loses all of his guys and he goes up against a divisional opponent, the Saints, who were just focused on, doing whatever they could to stop him and they did it. And then Ben comes out with a, with a fiver from probably his, you know, top two best player all year. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about with Matt, that's kind of the break sometimes, you know, big games have been in the cards for Brady most of the year. I think he's had maybe a couple duds just so happened that this one week 15 matchup was, was his worst game of the season. And same thing for uh, Alvin Kamara. Only had seven points. Um, major letdown. I mean, could kind of have predicted a little bit of lower production going against that stout Buccaneers defense. But seven? That's not what Ben made that trade for. No. <laughs> Did not make that trade for a seven Kamara in the playoffs. Oh, just uh, an unfortunate turn of events for Benjamin, uh, who has been – Another one of our surprise teams this year. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do in memoriam for Ben. Okay. Hung around that top spot for a long time. I think most of the season, actually, just right until the end there. Had a few slip-ups. Big surprise, just like Wade. What are we looking at for his future? 
Uh, we said Matt was, you know, kind of friendly in that top four picture based on roster. What about Ben, who will still have Jonathan Taylor, will still have Kamara and Cup, who are a little bit older. Um, Brady is definitely older, but can Ben contend at least next year again? This one I'm not as confident because I just I, – we don't know what Brady's going to do. Say they – win the Super Bowl. Does he retire? As Ben's uh, team is currently set up, I'm not confident with either of those quarterbacks going forward, Lawrence or Goff. But he's got a great core in Taylor Kamara, Cup, DJ Moore. I think those are four legit players that he can rely upon uh, in all facets of fantasy. When they kind of go down the list, you know, I'd like that he got Calvin Ridley in your trade, but if he's going to be not good or playing or whatever that like that could be a wash Devonta Smith is we kind of talked about him in our redraft episode about at least being the number one guy in Philly but other than that I just he's got a lot of those kind of ho-hum no in my mind like pointless players on his team so yeah, I think he's gonna have to take a, a little bit of a harder look and not rest on the fact he made the playoffs the next year and be like what can I do to not let this team kind of just fall away, especially with those four guys that I think there's a really good core of guys to work around. So I think he needs another solid receiver. Uh, he needs something better at tight end, better flex options, better, you know, deeper bench that is a little more reliable than what he's got currently. But he's got a really nice little core of those couple couple players. But I just, I, you know, caution Ben to not, let it just be like, well, I made the playoffs last year. I don't see why I can't make the playoffs again next year with this team. I think you've got to just not have that mentality and be like, what can I do to flip some of these guys uh, package deals to get me either, you know, more guys that I feel more comfortable with guys that I feel like can be better plug and play players. I don't know. Something like that, I guess. is. How, I mean, he's, he's okay, but he's, he's not, I don't think, a lock again for a, a next year's success if he doesn't try to do a little bit of something. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think that what, what we talked about a lot this year about having way more parity and having, um, you know, maybe some top end teams, but three or four down to like nine is pretty close. So Ben would be in that group and it just kind of depends on how things shake out next year. Quick aside, in in redraft or you could even take this as a dynasty perspective is jonathan taylor the the first pick the 101 moving forward after this year i think i think that's a yes you have to go off of you have to look at what he's done this year and then project that into next year and i think if you try too hard to get in your head the fact that there's no way he's going to repeat this for some reason i think that's where you're going to fall i think you have to say He's done this now two years in a row where he – this year it started earlier. Like, this, his, this is his second year, right? Yes. But he was a rookie last year, and he finished the year super strong, and everyone's like, okay, maybe now he's like the top 12, a top 12 draft pick. And then this year he started it even earlier. Like, he had some kind of duds here and there, but he started his run earlier. Yep. He's sustaining it. Like, in an immense – he's getting like 150 yards a game. Yes. So I, don't, I think if you look at that and say he's he's got to be the consensus one, if not one, top three guarantee. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I, I would lean towards the one. I mean, you would still consider 
probably like a Christian McCaffrey in that conversation just because of the receiving work, but health two seasons in a row now has not been there. So yeah. I don't have the confidence. Um, maybe Derek Henry, but he's a little older, you know, kind of some of the typical names, but Jonathan Taylor's got the youth on his side and has shown that he can be the running back one. With that, let's go ahead and take a break before we get into the second round matchups and hear a word from our sponsors. Are you a wife or girlfriend that's tired of watching him spend all his free time looking at fantasy football? Waiver wire? Sounds fake. Tight end? Gay. Starting a podcast. <laughs> well, ladies, we need to stick together. If you need a safe group to vent your frustrations, we at Annoyed Anonymous are here to help. We meet every Thursday in the multi-purpose room of your local community center. Annoyed Anonymous for when their fantasies don't benefit you. Make sure to bring your bottle of wine. Now back to the show. And we're back. Shank, are you ready to get into round two? I my finals. Big time matchups, I think. We'll see if they end up being close or if it's more of a lopsided affair. Let's start with the two seed versus the three seed. Laviska, Lavuska, versus Gee Buttersnaps, Eric versus Wade, and I mean, what is that? What else is there to say? The two versus the three, two. I guess you would say pretty evenly matched teams now, based off of what we've seen from Wade, and you know he's added Chubb, he's fixed that running back depth a little bit, and he's got. You know, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb. He's got some heavy hitters on the team. Does he have a chance against Eric, who we have, you know, touted and talked about pretty in-depth in previous episodes, but who is also pretty stacked? He obviously has a chance. I'm not going to say that he's just going to get destroyed and he has no chance there, even though I've been on the, like, five-week train of Wade stumbling. But I am still calling for Ernie to get the win. His team is just too good, and he's got too many players that have the potential to have humongous games. Like Najee, Chase, Jefferson, Higgins, Mixon, Montgomery. These guys are that these guys are 100 focal point offensive players that is almost guaranteed to get 20 plus points. And in my opinion, Wade only has three of those players in Tyreek, Chubb, and Allen. So even if he does get another 25 to 30 out of those guys, that's the only way he's going to compete. And we know Josh Allen at New England is just not a good matchup for, for Wade. Right. I just, you know, Allen could have one of those, like he could have like 17 points, which is like fine, but it's not going to be what he, he needs more than that. Uh, Chubb against Green Bay on a Saturday should be fine. And Tyreek against Pittsburgh with the whole COVID thing. It should still probably be fine. Uh, but in my opinion, Jefferson is going to go off against the Rams. Chase is going to go off against Baltimore. Uh, Keenan Allen got a great matchup against Houston. Najee against Kansas City. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets multiple touchdowns. Uh, it's just Montgomery against Seattle. We know that they've been running Dave Montgomery like wild, and Seattle is a horrible defense, let alone just a, a rushing defense. So in my opinion – this is where Ernie 
gets all of his praise and to move up into the championship. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, last week, it's interesting, you know, he really needed that buy because if he had played, he would have lost. Uh, the Bengals just had a dud all around. No, and I would say that they're going to bounce back this week, but Joe Mixon is also hurt, banged up. I mean, we've seen that from him all throughout the year where he'll have something, and I don't think he has really missed maybe one game or something. So that's something that Eric might be a little concerned about, might want to watch, but he's got the running back depth. He can plug in one of the Broncos running backs who have both been great. Uh, He can plug in – I'm just taking a look here. He does have P. Ryan as the handcuff if you want to roll that, just counting on all that work. Or he could throw in a receiver and just play two running backs instead. So he's got got plenty of options. Whereas on the other side, I would say Wade does not have that luxury. And if Tyreek does miss because of COVID, uh, I think that's like the nail in the coffin for Wade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. This one also could come down to the tight end matchup. We talk about that a lot, but that's kind of our shtick. Kyle Pitts has a nice matchup versus Detroit. So, um, you know, we haven't seen more blow-up games since, what, week like five or something when they were in London. But he still is pacing to have like the second most receiving yards as a rookie tight end ever. No touchdowns or haven't – he's only had the one touchdown, so – if he has a, a blow-up type game, that would really swing it in Eric's favor. And then Dalton Schultz on Wade's team is coming off of a big game, one of Dak's favorite targets right now. So, you know, if we get – like we, what we saw with Wade versus Matt, if we get a big advantage on the tight end spot on one team, that could be one of the factors for sure. It could be. It could be. I saw that uh, Pitts had 10 last week against – uh, the 49ers. So if he gets another 10 this week against the, the Lions, that's, I mean, that's good outage for a tight end in our league. So yeah, yeah, I could see them. I could see that tight end matchup being fairly even because like you said, Dak does like Schultz, especially in the red zone, but who are you, are you calling Earn with the win or are you calling? Wade with the win? Yeah, I will call Eric with the win. Okay. And now let's move on to the number one seed versus the number five seed. Delta variant Don versus better than Matt's team. Scum versus the Hawaiian volcano. Ooh, what a matchup. The two top scoring teams from the regular season. And uh, one of the teams is not looking very good health wise. It's not. You took a huge blow by losing Godwin. Looks like you're going to have to play Gage this week unless something else happens in the next day or two man you got some covid possible covid issues questionable tags and uh, injuries but with all that being said scum your partner is here to let you know that you still get the win i don't like that burden <laughs> no you don't you think it's going to be a jinx and, a, and all this nonsense but We've been calling it from the very beginning. You are destined for a three-peat, never been done before. And it's going to be, it's going to, you're going to squeak it in. You're going to squeak in this win to get to the championship. Hesse is going to stumble this week with his uh, Tampa Bay receivers. 
against Carolina, they're they're going to they're already banged up and hurt and and troublesome. And I don't and I, he's playing currently. He's got technically three Tampa Bay receivers in his lineup with Gronk down there in the in the flex. It's just too much on the backs of Brady and them kind of struggling on offense last week. You might expect that could be different this week where they don't struggle, but no. Yeah, I'm kind of counting on a bounce back game from Brady and the Bucks offense, but again, that does depend on is Antonio Brown actually going to be like back at practice? I know, I think his suspension's up, right? And they need him right now, obviously, but how quickly will he integrate? How much will he play? Still, you know, coming back from the ankle thing that he had where he missed a bunch of games. So, I mean, if he is the, the top receiver, I'm sure he'll have a great game, but that remains to be seen. And then Mike Evans, day-to-day, I think, is what the last uh, news I saw was. So he's played with hamstring stuff before, but, again, he might be a little limited. So there's a lot of questions there, and it could swing either way. My big thing and what all of my success has ever counted on has been Travis Kelsey. So if he plays – Maybe I've got a shot. If he is out with COVID, then it's just like, that's, that's everything on my team, in my opinion. So agreed. agreed. If he doesn't play, you're, you're in a world of hurts, but it looks like currently he looks like he's going to be on track to play. Eckler looks like he's not on the COVID list. I don't think he's heard. He's got a questionable tag, but you know, you got to hope that he, he'll be there. Amari Cooper Sunday night against Washington divisional game. Does he finally have the game that you need him to have after you made that trade? Ugh, does he? Does he? I mean, Washington's a good matchup. And that's all I've got. All you <laughs> got. You've got Jeff Wilson against Tennessee on Thursday. So tomorrow, and he just had a 25 point game against Atlanta. That's very encouraging. Yeah. So that one will all depend on, Elijah Mitchell, who's a game time decision. So we could see that one change. Um, but I'm obviously hoping he can get like a, a starter's workload. I mean, I know that they're still going to give carries to Juice Check. They're still going to give carries to Debo. But if Elijah Mitchell's out, then I, I would feel better about my flex. And if he does play, then probably have to make a move there to be determined, though. Neither of you have anybody on Saturday Christmas Day games, which I think is a good thing. Even though it would be fun to watch one of your guys on Christmas Day, but you know, there's, there's sometimes there's trappings in that. I don't know if we're going to get another 28 point outing from Cooks with over 100 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, definitely not. He's playing the Chargers. Hello. Hello. Um, although they did just get gashed by the Chiefs, but we know that's a different animal. Even though Davis Mills is my guy. You're counting on him. And you know what? Once we do the next year preview, wait till you hear my Davis Mills take. <laughs> but Hesse does have Elliott and Cook with fairly decent matchups. Yeah, I mean, so I think what we're kind of getting to is like, it's a good matchup between our teams. Health injury questions on both sides that can help or hurt either of us, right? Right. And the thing I wanted to point out is it's the – battle of the two most potent quarterback and tight end stacks in fantasy Mahomes to Kelsey and then honestly either Lamar or Huntley apparently to Mark Andrews 
Um, Kelsey and Andrews are the tight end one and tight end two. They've kind of jockeyed back and forth over the past couple of weeks and their quarterbacks love them, focus on them. If they have big games, the tight ends are bound to be involved. So stack battle. That is a fun uh, wrinkle to this matchup that the quarterback tight end stack that you guys both have uh, deployed all year that has been very beneficial to each of you. That'll be a fun one to watch. I'm excited for that. <laughs> Hello. Hello. But yeah, so for this matchup, I mean, you you picked me. Thanks. But also, why? Why? It's come on, man. You got to be confident. If you're going to get this three-peat, you got to go, man, guns blazing, man. It's going to be historical if you get this three-peat. And then it's like no one's ever going to be able to touch that glorious, legendary. I've got, a, I've got a flow chart for my pick. If Kelsey plays, I'll pick me. If Kelsey doesn't play, I pick Hesse. That's, that's my view of it. Perfect. And with that, round two has been previewed. Ugh, scary. Real nervous. Yep. But let's get into hopes and dopes. And maybe I'll be less nervous. Maybe. Maybe. I'll start. And my dope this week is Dalvin Cook, obviously. Obviously. Playing against the Rams defense, tough front seven. He's coming off of a game where he got like 29, 28 carries and only mustered let me look at this 89 yards, which yeah, good game. But, you know, I think they're going to look at that workload, kind of hold them back a little bit. And my, my Madison's coming back. So we'll see a little more Madison uh, worked in. We saw my guy, Kenny Wongwu be worked in a little more last week. I mean, he got three carries, but I think they'll deploy all three of those guys a little bit. Capping Dalvin Cook's ceiling again, tough matchup. And he's a dope. Dalvin is a dope. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Obviously had to lead with that one. And then my hope this week is, I mean, I'm going completely like different from what I normally do. Cause I try to be like the bench guy, whatever, whatever you guys know. My hope this week is Russell Gage. It's gotta be. Oh my gosh. You have to do that. I love that pick. Good job. He has been good over the past like four weeks. He's been the number one target for Matt Ryan. He's got a good matchup against the Lions. I what more can I ask for? It's it's necessity that I have to play him too with Godwin and his poor ACL, but that's where we're at. And I'm hoping this is not the dud week that is probably looming for Russell Gage. But he's my hope. You gotta sometimes put things out into the universe, have confidence in it. And you made the trade in the offseason for Russell Gage, and it looks like there was a reason for that. And this is it. So he's going to have a good game. I'm with you on that. That is fun. And we'll, we'll all be watching with peeled eyes on that Falcons offense and see if Russell Gage can get you like, what, 70 and a touchdown? That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> all right. Well, I steered clear of your matchup because I knew you were going to already be on <laughs> Out. So my hopes and dopes this week go to the Ernie LaVisca, LaVusca, Shanuska, and G. Gee Buttersnaps, Wade Yaley. My dope, though, is going to be on Wade's team because I am calling him to lose. So a reason for that is the dope of Week 16, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee? 
You're doping CD? I'm doping CD. Last time he played Washington, 13 points. He just put nine up against the Giants, and he's playing Washington again this week. I will admit there's something not as fun about this Cowboys offense recently, maybe because they're like, we're, we're going to just win games and we're not, Dak's not going to throw it 50 times and everyone's not going to have crazy stats and we don't, we're not behind. Our defense is playing great, but that doesn't help fantasy wise. And CD hasn't been having that great of fantasy the last three weeks. 17 is a nice outing. Don't get me wrong, but you know, uh, this name, this offense, what Wade, you know, expects from him week in and week out. A niner last week, 13 the week before. Just We just talked about it with Matt's team with the delight to Devonta Adams and Stephon Diggs. In the playoffs, you have to get big points from your stars. And all intents and purposes, CeeDee Lamb is a star. He's a star for Wade's team. He's a star on the Cowboys and basically like the next great thing. And he's just kind of floundering a little bit here and there. And I don't like that. So he does. He dopes against Washington. Be lucky if he cracks a double digit. Yeah, I mean, CD has kind of cooled as of late. Uh, I think around the midway point we were talking about him, I think he was around like the wide receiver five or six range uh, as far as rankings. If I'm remembering that correctly, I might not be. But now he's down to 12, which is still very good, obviously, but not like what we were seeing when – I think did it coincide with when Amari was out that he was kind of killing it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Possible. But – yeah, no, I could see it. I mean, they're not going to need to score 30 points to beat the, the Washington football team. So not a bad dope call. All right. And my hope call goes on Ernie's team, and I'm taking a page out of your playbook. I'm going down to the bench. Hey. And honestly, every week, LaVisca, LaVusca, Shanuska, we say it. We think it's wonderful. We know Ernie loves this guy. He never plays him. He probably never will. But my hope this week is La Bisca, La Bisca. I'm putting it out there. He's playing the Jets. You know, Urban Meyer's gone. Last week, he went for four. For, he had eight points, which is the most he's had in the last is, week the eight. season. So he had eight points last week. And before the previous eight games before that, didn't crack eight points. So he's on the rise. He's playing the Jets. Bad pass defense. Uh, old Jennifer Lawrence needs to get out there and throw it and show us why he, you know, don't throw for four interceptions. I throw for four touchdowns once in your rookie career, please. And go after the young stud who we know has the tools uh, and it can be fun and good. I'm calling this to be the week. Ernie, if you're just feeling crazy and you're like, I'm going to play my namesake, do it. <laughs> but maybe just think about it for a second. What a call. Uh, Got to play the namesake. This is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So great news. Uh, just broke. I know it'll be kind of late when everyone hears this, but Elijah Mitchell ruled out for Thursday night. Jeff Wilson time, baby. That is huge for you. Huge. Oof. Still scary, though. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess decent segue now into America's favorite segment. Scum and sneak get the Thursday night game wrong. We have been getting it wrong, I think. We've we've been splitting it, so one of us gets it wrong, one of us gets it right. Yeah, what did we do last week, you remember? Yeah, I picked the Chargers, of course, and they should have won that game. 
anyway, we got Niners versus Titans. Uh, kind of like a weird matchup. Like, do those teams ever play? Who is it? Titans and uh... 49ers. Oh, that does sound weird. I don't know if we've seen that before. Like, I don't think they've ever played in the history of the NFL, actually. In the whole, in the whole history? Whole history. That's my guess. Check me. Stat check me, you dummies. Yeah, figure that out. And don't lie to us either. But, yeah, the game is – let me check. I believe it's in Tennessee. Yeah. Titans are at home, if I know how to read this thing right, and – Big playoff. They haven't, played each, other. They haven't played each other from 2008, 19, or 20. So they haven't played each other for three years. Yeah. Uh, I'm trending right so far. <laughs> <laughs> so who you got in this one? I got the Titans. Mm, 23-21. <laughs> Man, it's so weird because the Titans like lost everybody and they're still eking out wins somehow. Uh, we're going to continue the trend and split. We're going to go 49ers win 27 to 20. Okay. So we're split once again. One of us will be right. Looks like they played in 2017. Did, did football even exist in 2017? No. It's forever ago. Yeah. Like, think about what you were doing in 2017. Uh, running around the mountains of Montana. Yeah, nuts. Yeah, nuts. Nuts time. <laughs> All right, that's the episode, folks. Thanks for listening. I mean, we might not even have many listeners since there's only like four teams left in the playoffs. But right. anyway, hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. Love to you guys. Love to all your families. And just enjoy this coming weekend. Enjoy it all. Cookies, Christmas cheer, music, fun, lights, dancing. Yeah, all of it. And bye. Bye. my Troy Aikman jersey. Yeah, we, we got on that great <laughs> jersey tangent. Jersey talk. That was perfect. Oh, I forgot. I had a Fred Taylor jersey on the Jaguars. Oh, that's super fun.